Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church. We continue our study in the book of Psalms. We're in Psalm chapter 23 as Pastor Joel brings his message, The Song of the Shepherd. This morning we come to one of the most well-known passages in the whole of the scriptures. Uh, A passage of scripture that if you grew up in church at all, you probably memorized this psalm. If you didn't grow up in church, you probably know this psalm very well as well. Uh, it's, it's in movies. It's, it's sung all the time. It's in little memes. There's pictures. There's inspirational posters on it. Uh, all, the, all the time you, you see this psalm, Psalm 23. Uh, and so if you come here today and you feel burdened or you're struggling or you're lost, uh, this psalm is going to speak in power. But some of it is, we're so close to the psalm, we're going to have to do a little work to back away and see what's really, what's really happening here. Uh, so, so I'm going to ask, if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to read Psalm 23. If you could stand as I read it. Psalm 23. Uh, and if you can, uh, I know there's a lot of you who memorized it. If you're older than like 50, you memorize it in the KJV. And so you're probably going to be like, oh, that's not quite the right word. Or if you memorize it in the NIV like I did growing up, uh, there's a little subtle differences uh, as well. But this, this psalm is so implanted uh, in us. Uh, so, so try and even um, say along with it in your, in your, in your own mind. We won't, we won't have everyone do it. It might get confusing in that way. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to this uh, so familiar text Lord, we come with longing hearts for hope and comfort and healing. And Lord, you answer it. You answer it right here. But Lord, I pray that you would uh, allow us this morning to see the the power of how you answer it. That that you would unveil our eyes so that we could see uh, in Scripture how it points to Jesus. How, how the answer for our, our hope and longing is found in, in Jesus, who came and lived among us and lived a righteous life to 
go to the cross and die in our place and be resurrected. And so, Lord, I pray that as we come to this psalm, that you would open our eyes, Lord, we could see you. You'd open our ears, that we could, we could hear these words afresh and anew, even this morning. And Lord, that you would soften our hearts. You would, you would touch us uh, in our hearts and our emotions, our affections towards you, that when we leave here, we would feel that we have come to meet with the Lord in this place. So Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to do that. We need us to get out of the way. We need to set aside our, our pride and our selfishness and even our brokenness and receive the gift that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. You know, just like this psalm, there is a, a journey in life that takes you on all kinds of ups and downs, highs and lows. And so as I want to set up the message this morning, I just want to tell you about one time I was in like this green grass field, and then another time I was walking through something like the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, so 10, 10, 12 years ago, I, I was a pastor, so I was doing all the things that pastors do. Uh, you know, all we do is in our office and preach once a week. No, just kidding. Like we're studying, we're learning, we're talking about how, how does the Bible in, impact our lives, at the same time, I'm also going to Western Seminary, and I'm reading big books on things, and I'm chewing up theology and biblical doctrine, and I'm just eating all these things. And that time of my life was super rich for me. Uh, the very first class I took at Western Seminary was by a Dallas theological uh, professor who came up to teach the class. His name was Bruce Ware, and he taught a class called The, um, the Universal Reign of a Triune God. Universal reign of a triune God. And if that sounds difficult, let me tell you, it was. I, I was in that class. I literally, the first day of class, he is saying so many words, I have no idea what he is even talking about that I'm raising my hand. And he must have thought I was, what are you even doing here? I'm asking him, what does that word mean? What does that word mean? I had no ambition. So I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. Tell me what these words mean. So uh, one of them I learned in that, in that class, you might know it and you might think, I'm not as smart as I, you might think I am, but as transcendence. He kept using this word transcendence, and I'm like, I don't, so what does that word mean? Well, he had a hard time describing it too, but he's like this transcendence. If you don't know what transcendence means, it means like beyond what we can even imagine or think. The transcendence of God basically is God is so big and we can't even comprehend him, but he also used this word imminence. And imminence means like the closeness or the, the nearness of God, that God is both transcendent and imminent. And so I'm dwelling and I'm talking about these things. It was such a rich time for me to be in, to be in seminary and to be a pastor as I'm dealing with uh, people and talking with them and, and just feeding off the Bible and his word. And I often found myself just having to tell people about, like, do you know about this? Like, I just learned about this. Uh, I was telling everyone, oh, this is so cool. Hey, did you know this? Oh, have you ever thought about this? Wow, isn't this so great? That period of time, I found myself often talking about the Lord. But in that same period of time, I was also walking through something of a valley of the shadow of death. Uh, because our, our youngest, Hannah, uh, kept getting these bacterial infections in her kidney. Uh, and so she would end up in the hospital for weeks at a time as she's getting these antibiotics to try and cure these infections. 
she kept going, and we didn't know what was going on. And I remember one time we ended up meeting with the infectious disease doctor at Randall's uh, Hospital. And, and there they tell us, uh, she kind of warns us, hey, here's the plan of attack. Here's what we're going to do. And I just need to warn you. Uh, bacteria are like living organisms. And, and so all the years of using all these antibiotics, they've, they've tr transitioned and changed in how these bacteria grow. And, and so we're having a tough time finding an antibiotic that... Uh, that is responsive to this bacteria. And if we can't find an antibiotic that, that this bacteria will respond to, this could go really bad. Not that we want to get there. We don't want to, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I just want to, I just need to warn you up front. Uh, well, if you've ever been, been in, a, in a conversation like that about your kids, uh, it's jarring. Uh, from there, Amy was staying at the hospital, and I had to, to travel from Randall's all the way back to uh, Kelly Creek to pick up our kids from school. And you can imagine that 45-minute drive was long. As my mind's just racing, right? You, you, can, you can just imagine. And you know, in that period of time, in those seasons, I didn't find myself talking about, well, I wonder what the transcendence of the Lord means in terms of our psyche, uh, in that period of time, I, didn't, I wasn't talking about the Lord. I, I, my heart turned, and I was talking to the Lord. Lord, you need to be here. You need to be here now. Lord, you got to show up for my daughter. Lord, we can't, if we can't do anything, you have to heal her, Lord. My, my conversation went from, uh, he is good, he is imminent, to, Lord, I need you, and I need you here now. You know, we all go through seasons of life. Sometimes we find ourselves in the green grass, and sometimes we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. The, these highs and lows of life. And as we return to Psalm 23 this morning, we're going to see that the Lord graciously leads us through every season. The Lord graciously, He's, he's there and He's leading us. Uh, and through all these different, difficult seasons of life and good seasons of life, every season... No matter where you're at this morning, no matter what season of life you are in, you'll find the shepherd there calling you. Come on, come with me. So as we come to Psalm 23, uh, we come to a psalm that, that, that so many people find comfort and encouragement in. Uh, we come to Psalm 23 most of the time tired or discouraged or lost or, or looking for, for something to to just give us a, a little encouragement to get our, our heads up. And, and as we read Psalm 23, it does. It gives us this hope. But here's what I want you to do this morning. I'm going to ask you for this the next few minutes to, to lay aside uh, however you've come to Psalm 23 before. I want you to lay, lay aside the, the hurt or the lost or, or, or the grieving that you're feeling that you, you feel comforts you from Psalm 23. I want you to lay that aside as we're going to come to Psalm and we're going to see how why it's so powerful and speaks to us. We'll see that Psalm 23 is more than just like this uh, hallmark warm greeting card that says, you can feel better. We're actually going to see a journey of a sheep, a sheep that goes from this green grass and calm waters to the next steps to the valley of the shadow of death on its way to the temple in Jerusalem. It's the story of Jesus. You might even ask, if you put those three scenes together, what's, what's the role of a sheep in a temple? Because that's where we end up today. The role of a sheep in a temple. 
And if you know the Bible or you, you know the ancient Jewish uh, time period of this time, you'll know that sheep are meant for, for sacrifices. And we end up at a table in the house of the Lord, from a sheep in a field to the house of the Lord. So, so let just go with me on this journey this morning. We're going to see three scenes or three settings in this psalm. Uh, here's the first setting. If you're taking notes, uh, this, the first setting is the seasons of rest. Seasons of rest. It's just the first three verses. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's stop right there. Uh, as you even read that, I'm sure, even as we talked about this morning in Rooted Connections, there might even be an image that you have in your head of what this scene is like. Maybe, maybe it's a flannel graph picture or uh, some poster or meme you've seen. You can picture the scene. There's green grass there's calm waters. You can picture like a tree, uh, the wind blowing. Uh, often picture like little butterflies floating around. It's paradise. Everything is as it should be. Uh, the sheep is there laying in the grass. He's got no fear of lions or bears. He's got no like angst of like, where am I going to get my next meal from? I better just scarf all this stuff down. He's not desperately looking for food. And if you picture that scene, so often we miss it, but right in the middle of that scene is a shepherd. Though, though our eyes, they often wander to the, the situation that we're in, the green grass or the calm waters, or just everything is so beautiful that we lose sight often of the shepherd that's in the middle. But the author goes, the Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. And because of that, I don't need anything. There's no longing or, or extra want in me. He has given me a beautiful life. He led me to this place to enjoy, to have comfort, to have peace. And it's such an iconic scene. And, and David, uh, who is said to have written this, so he knows what this is like. He knows what it's like to be a shepherd and to lead sheep. He says, the Lord Yahweh is my shepherd. My shepherd. There's this personal relationship that, that the psalmist has with the Lord. He's not following other sheep. He's not following other shepherds. He's following the one that he has this relationship with. He's following my shepherd, and he finds himself in a really good land. A really good land of like green grass. Not just grass, but like green grass. He's full. He's content. He's resting. He has so much food. He's not even looking for more food that this sheep in the like the choicest of grasses he could ever eat is laying down in the grass. He's laying down in his own food. He's got so much and he's at such peace and at rest. And from this position of rest, the author then testifies about the Lord. You can almost see him pointing to other people and telling him, I need to witness about the shepherd because look where I am. Look how great it is. Four things the shepherd does. Four things that he tells us. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, when you think of he makes me lie down in green pastures, don't think of like the shepherd going, sit down, you got to lay down. Uh, I don't know if you've ever like been around sheep before. I've been around a black lab. It's a little different, but it's kind of the same. (laughs) Have you ever tried to like push a sheep to sit down? It's the same thing as I'm guessing like a black lab because I try to push my black lab. Okay, sit down. And he's like, I don't want to sit down. Uh, It's not that he's saying he makes me lie down in green pastures like he is forcing us down, but that he is out of his generosity and goodness. He's creating the conditions that all you have to do is rest. Just lay down. He he makes me lay down. It means I don't have any fear of, of the enemies coming in. I have no need or desire for more. He creates the conditions that you can just lay down. Second, he says, he leads me beside still waters. He he refreshes me. He brings me to the place of the source of of life where I can release burdens and be renewed. Third, he restores my soul. He, He fills my lungs with fresh air and gives life to me. My my breath is renewed. Fourth, he leads me in paths of righteousness. He guides me on this good life. The shepherd is not lost. He knows exactly where he is going. And he's calling me to follow him. He's got things in store, this righteous way, this righteous life, that he's like, follow me. He leads me. He's out front. He's saying, come with me on these paths of righteousness. And the psalmist, in this first three verses, he's giving witness to everyone else. He's speaking about the Lord. He's good. He leads me. He's sustaining me. He's reviving me. He's giving me life. And there are, there are seasons and, and times for us as well when God's goodness is so rich that you can't help but talk about him with other people. What, you, what you're learning, what you're experiencing, how you saw the Lord like rescue you and redeemed you and he brought you to a place where you're just feeding off of his word or in fellowship. And you're like, God's good. He led me. He's restoring me. We talk and witness about what God has done for you. I wish the psalm would stop there. Wouldn't that be great? No, actually it wouldn't. The scene changes. It's like the curtain drops, and as the curtain comes back up, we find a whole new background. Uh, The shepherd's still there. He hasn't gone anywhere, but we're no longer in paradise we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. Remember, the shepherd didn't get lost. He knows where he's leading. He knows the path of righteousness. He has a purpose in leading his sheep. In fact, I think even as we're so familiar with this psalm, uh, that we should have seen this change coming. Because what are sheep used for? Like in David's, in David's time, what were, what were sheep for? What was the purpose the goal or the aim of, of sheep. Why bring a sheep from the green grass to the temple? Well, there's a meaningful sacrifice ahead. There, there was a service for the Lord. We move from seasons of rest, and here's our second one if you're taking notes, is to seasons of difficulty. Seasons of difficulty. And we'll notice, and just in this one verse, how he moves from he leads, he restores, to all of a sudden he goes, you. Lord, I need you. 
I need what you have, Lord. He, he's not even like giving witness to it. It's all of a sudden because of where he's at, he's finding the situation like, I need the Lord right now, and I need to talk to my Savior. Look in verse 4. Seasons of difficulty. Verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, the sheep knows that the shepherd cares for him. He, he knows that he's given him everything he needs. He's protected him. He's provided for him. And now we see in this scene that the shepherd goes, I'm calling you out. It's time. Would, would, would you get up and, and walk with me? And I think so often uh, when we're in the green grass, our eyes wander to our circumstances and how everything is so great. Uh, and then when the shepherd calls us out to some difficult space in life, all of a sudden our eyes go from like how great our situation to is, is all I got left is you, Lord. <coughs> it's fixing our eyes on the shepherd who was there in the green grass, but he's also there in the valley of the shadow of death. And, and the sheep, he then fixes his eyes on the shepherd and then two things that the shepherd has in his, in his hands. And, and he says, I'm not even afraid because I look at the shepherd and what he holds and that comforts me, even in the most difficult of times. We change from talking about the Lord to talking to him. You are with me, your rod, your staff. You see, the sheep is not comforted in where he's at. We're not talking about green grass anymore or, or calm rivers. We're talking about what I'm comforted in, why I have peace in this situation, is simply because of the shepherd, and that's it. He points out three things that comforts him. Let me, let me point these out. Number one, he says, you are with me. The shepherd hasn't left. The circumstances might have changed, but the character and nature of the shepherd has not changed at all. It's the same shepherd who has lovingly cared for the sheep before, and he's still lovingly caring for the sheep now. He trusts him. You are with me. He says, your, your rod. I look at your rod. Now, the rod for shepherds was like this long uh, stick, and it was straight. And most of the time, the, the rod was used for... Uh, like an animal would come along and you bonk it on the head uh, or you would bring down justice. It was used for de defending and sometimes it could even be for like if the sheep made some stupid mistake and you doot, doot, get back over there. But it was used for like this justice and power and authority. And what comforts the sheep is not so much that you're going to get me when I do something wrong, but that if, if a lion or a tiger or a bear comes, oh, oh my, that that rod is going to protect and bring justice. If something bad happens, the shepherd has justice in his hands, power, authority in his hands. And on his other hand, he has a staff, your staff. Now, the staff, most likely we, we can picture this one. It's the long one with the curved top, right? We use it uh, for the shepherds all the time. They actually had two in their hands. And the, and the staff was meant to, like, uh, a sheep would fall over somewhere, and he would hook him around the neck and gently rescue him, uh, pull him up. Uh, he, he, would, he would guide him along the way if it was a, a narrow path, and he'd help uh, guide the, the sheep. It's your, your rod, your justice, your authority, your power, and your staff, your guidance, your rescue, your salvation. That's what comforts me. In times of difficulty, this sheep reminded himself, looked upon the Lord's presence, you're with me, 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your justice and your guidance, Lord, that's all I'm trusting right now. It seems hopeless. It might seem confusing. You don't know where you're going, but the shepherd will guide you through if you trust him. Often it's a a period of waiting. I know you have the authority to bring justice in your hands. Why aren't you doing it, Lord? And he says, just follow me. The time will come. These three things, his presence, his rod, his staff, they allow the sheep to take the courage to take another step forward. I'm going to follow the shepherd. One more step. You know, there's some seasons we can't help but talk about the Lord. And I think there's other seasons, and you probably experience them too, that you can't help but talk to the Lord. And the shift doesn't even really happen in our brains like, oh, now I'm going to do this. It's like you have no other choice but to do that. It kind of brings us to pause for a second and say, well, what season are you in? Are are you in a season of, of rest where God's goodness and favor and you feel like, man, I'm just I'm soaking up his word and I'm learning and I'm growing. He just like, you need to talk about him. That needs to overflow out of you. you just, that just needs to be part of your language as you share with people, whether they're believers or not. I mean, the cashier at the register, like, man, have a blessed day. The Lord's given me so much. I'm, I'm just, just talk about them every time. As you're, as you're meditating even on these psalms before we come into Sunday, talk about them with your, with your spouse or your kids. What do you think this means? Oh, isn't it so rich and so good? But then there are other times that you just need to turn to the shepherd. You, you need to focus on his justice, his leading, his, his guiding. And you say, Lord, I need to spend time just with you. I, I just need, I, I need you to be the focus of my eyes. And then as you interact with others, we, we like shepherds for other people, we, we need to be asking, where's this person at? What do they need to hear? Do they, do they need to hear more about God? Are they chewing on things? And, and they, need, they just need to like, hey, I want to, let's just talk, dialogue about that. Let's talk about God because he is good and here's been my experience and let's chat. Or, or is this person like, they're just hurting. They're just in a really dark place. And you're, and you're like, well, I want to tell you about the Lord. And really, maybe they need to know something, but maybe they just need to talk with the Lord. And maybe you just need to go, can I just pray for you? It's not he is good. Like, Lord, be good, please. And guiding him to that. Do you remember Tyson Jeffries? Any of you remember him? He was here about a year ago. Uh, young guy, just accepted the Lord a couple years before. Um, Problems in marriage, like all of us have. Uh, he ends up following his wife out to, to Colorado. Well, he calls me. Uh, it's probably been like a month ago now. Uh, we chat every now and then on things. And he was just telling me, like, uh, it was on speakerphone because I was driving, and Amy was in the car. He was just telling me, man, this is tough, and this is tough, and this is tough, and I don't know what to do here. And, and we, ch- we chatted for a while, and the whole time you could see it in Amy's, like, pray for him. You need to pray for him pray for him. And here I am like, well, let's talk about the goodness. And really, this guy is hurting. He's struggling. And what's he need right now? He just needs somebody to lead him to Jesus. Let's let's just pray. Well, as you 
engage with other people. May we have this discerning spirit, too, of, of like, these people need to know more information about Jesus, or they just need to, to, to talk to Jesus. Do you need to learn more about him? Do you, do you need to, like, engage with things and chew on things? Or, or is it time that you're like, the Lord's asking you, hey, you need to step out. You've been in the green grass. I've fed you. You're in a good spot. Now continue to listen to my voice and come with me. Maybe he's calling you to step out in faith. Well, we have one more step, one more season of life as the shepherd leads. The sheep has gone from the green grass to the valley of the shadow of death, and the final scene that we see is on this mountaintop in the hill of the Lord, in a temple in God's house, on a table. And you might ask, well, this scene, this odd, this scene seems odd. What's a sheep doing at a table in the temple? What an odd scene. So let's look. The third season, if you're taking notes, seasons of goodness and mercy. Seasons of goodness and mercy. Verses 5 and 6. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you're like, I thought we were talking about sheep. <laughs> What's a sheep doing at a table with enemies all around? The author knows this. He's pointing something. Hey, something more is going on here. Here's just something you need to know in Jewish culture. The term shepherd is actually another title for the term of king of Israel. So if they say the shepherd, the good shepherd, it's the same title as, as the king of Israel. It's all throughout the Old Testament. I'm just going to show you one uh, instance of this. In Ezekiel 34, if you want to write that down, I'll read it later. The Ezekiel 34, it's a whole chapter about the kings of Israel and how they have failed over and over and over. They have sinned and brought judgment on Israel. And the reason that God is sending Babylon to to deport them out and live somewhere else is because their kings, their leaders have failed them. The kings have done really bad. And he, he writes Ezekiel 34 telling them, your kings have failed. I'm going to come as your king and rescue and redeem you. But instead of king through this whole chapter, he's a shepherd and sheep the whole time. Uh, let, let me just give you a little instance. Ezekiel 34, you can read the whole chapter. It's just beautiful. Uh, 34 and verse 14, he says, I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself, says the Lord, will be the shepherd of my sheep, meaning king. I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. Do you hear Psalm 23 in there too? In Psalms, the, the psalmist declares, Yahweh is my king. It, it's a king, if it's David, a king declaring, uh, Yahweh is the king. He is the shepherd. He is the leader. The Lord as king, he provides, he leads, he protects the people. But the sheep then are invited to the table of a king in a temple. A sheep at a table. And we're talking more than just about a shepherd and a sheep here. This is actually a psalm about 
Jesus. The reason that this song means so much to people, the reason that why we, we say it at funerals over and over and over again for thousands of years is because of the power and the meaning that this song, that this psalm relays to us. It's because Jesus, the King, lived this psalm. Jesus, the King, lived like a sheep. Born in Bethlehem, he grew in, in favor and stature, or in stature and favor with God and man. He, he grows up, the Lord protects him from everyone that wants to try and kill him or, or hurt him. And at the age of 30, he says, time to do your ministry. And the first place he goes is to the waters of baptism where John the Baptist goes, even look, the Lamb of God, the sheep that comes to the water. And from there, the Lord, uh, Jesus follows the Lord's instructions. He says, everything I do, I do because of my Father is leading me and telling me what to say. Everything. He gives him good times, restful times. There's difficult times. He follows him every step of the way, all the way up to Jerusalem at the time of the Passover, where it's specific, a table is set. And Jesus sits at this table and all around him are enemies who want to kill him. The good shepherd is sitting at the table of the Passover that he then becomes our Passover lamb, sacrificed for our sins, for our salvation. You can just picture the scene. The lamb of God sitting at a table in Jerusalem with his enemies all around. What's a, what's a sheep doing in a temple? He's gone from the green grass to the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, he's walking towards death even. He knows the sacrifice has come, but he also trusts in the Father. And he continues to walk until he comes to the temple and lay his life down. The Lamb of God sitting at the table. The shepherd who becomes the sheep, the Passover lamb to take away the sins of the world. But it's not just about death, it's also about resurrection. He says, he restores my soul. That word soul in Hebrew is the word nefesh. And it literally means throat or breath or life. When God creates man, he becomes a nefesh, a living being. He restores my life. He, he takes the life that I had and laid down and he restores my life. And then at the very end it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How long? Forever. And if you have a little footnote in your Bible, and most Bibles do, under the word dwell, you'll see a little footnote. And if you go down to the bottom of your Bible, you'll see it says, oh, this could also mean return to dwell. This is a psalm about resurrection. We can pray this with power. Because Jesus first came and lived and walked this psalm. Our shepherd has been there. He's been in the good times and he's been in the difficult times. He's learned what it means to follow the shepherd without straying, without getting lost. So wherever you're at today, he knows what you're facing. The shepherd, the good shepherd knows his sheep. There's this relationship there, and he will carry you through. So wherever you're at this morning, if you listen for the shepherd's voice, he's going to carry you through. 
He might be asking you to do something difficult. He might be asking you to take a step back and just get refreshed and renewed. Whatever he's asking you, you need to do that because he's been there. He knows. In Hebrews 4 and verse 14, it says, Since then, we have a, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of, of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus perfectly fulfilled Psalm 23 so that we can pray, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. So that if you're in here this morning and you're dealing with a health situation, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Pray Psalm 23. For those who are trust in the goodness and mercy of the great shepherd, he has promised you eternal life. It's way more than this life. It's to the new heavens and the new earth with redeemed bodies, everything as it should, to a place where there is green grass and still waters and butterflies floating around. Maybe you don't know the shepherd this morning. Maybe you, you need to just stop and listen to his voice. Maybe he's even bringing you to a place where all of a sudden your circumstances are getting squeezed in and you're like, I don't know where my hope comes from. And God's like, that's right where I want you to be. I want you to look at me. Talk to me. And maybe this morning he's calling you in the green grass. You've got everything you need for comfort. And he's going, it's time. I'll be with you. Just get up. We've got a journey. And I'll be with you every step of the way. Let's pray. Lord, this psalm has been a comfort to so many through the years. And the reason that the power is there is because you yourself lived it. You fulfilled it. Lord, in your righteousness, following everything that the Father did all the way up to your own sacrifice of your life so that we could have life with you forever, that, we, that there's room at the table because of the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, there is a spot at the table for every one of us this morning if we would just respond to the call of the shepherd. And so Lord, I pray that this morning if somebody doesn't and they are lost and wandering and looking for rest, that they would hear the shepherd's call and they would come to the table and rest in you and follow the good shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212, between Boring and Damascus, Oregon, or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church.